Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We are in Titus chapter 2. There's only three chapters to the book, so we're already, um, by the end of the day, two-thirds through, through the book. Uh, but in Titus 2, uh, is, is, it goes from talking about leadership to talking about membership. And by that I mean that he, he is zeroing in on uh, the responsibilities and the character of the members of the church. Um, and I've, I've used the, returned this passage quite a bit. Whenever we talk about uh, mentorship, discipleship, and stuff like that, that, that should happen uh, in the church itself. This is um, part of what it is that we miss, particularly in, in, in the modern church. He starts out, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. That's, that's, a, that's a good summary statement of Paul's expectations of ministers. Teach which, that which accords to sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, and love, and in steadfast. So um, there is a responsibility for older members and how they carry themselves and, and the model they set for, for younger uh, believers, younger men. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And, we should note, to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. So, so the reason this, this passage is significant is because what it is Paul is saying, um, how members should interact with each other. Yes, you have elders, pastor, deacons, all that, uh, that, that lead in their respective ways, but also within the membership itself. Among laity, there is an expectation of, of discipleship. Uh, the older is to mentor the younger. Uh, whenever I was a youth minister, we actually set up a mentor uh, program to where uh, we would have um, families in the church um, essentially uh, adopt spiritually adopt uh, two or three students. And so once a month, they would uh, do an event with them, uh, a movie night, a bowling, or whatever whatever they, they wanted, have them over for, for a cookout, something like that. And and was one of the the favorite things I ever did there. Um, and this was the passage we, we read in uh, anticipation of that. Um, and uh, I, I, th- I, think, I think it's a good model. One of the problems we've adopted within the church is that we've adopted the public school model of um, of, uh, of separating uh, our members by age. It's not really something you're going to find in the Bible or even in church history. So you didn't have a nursery and then a kindergarten, first grade class and a second, third grade class and a fourth and fifth grade class and a middle school class and a high school class and a, a college singles class, right? You're not going to find that throughout history until about... 100, 150 years ago, um, where the school system adopted that approach. And so we adopted age discrimination approach. Uh, but actually, what you get in the Bible is, is quite the opposite. It is to, to, to encourage younger believers to interact and learn from older believers, and that older believers interact and learn from and lead younger believers. So older men uh, mentor younger men, older women mentor younger women. Um, and and um, I do think that's something we, we, we should probably make a more a serious effort at, at recovering. He goes on, verse 7, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So, so right here in these opening eight verses, there's a lot here that we can just barely fly by. 
um, he, he, he exhorts older men, older women, younger men, younger women, and then um, the elders of the church. So we see then that, that every member uh, and every, everyone in the church plays a significant role in the health and vitality of the church. So if your approach to church membership is to show up once a week, and if you're really spiritual, you'll give to the church, and then you move on with the rest of your life without contributing to it, um, then, then you're, you're disobeying Scripture. There's a there's an old meme or something. I, I'm not gonna get it right. It, it's something you know. A uh, family comes to the pastor and says, "Pastor, we're we're gonna lead the church," um, and the pastor says, "Well, uh, did you attend regularly? Uh, did you give sacrificially? Did you uh, uh, take advantage of all discipleship programs, mission opportunities, uh, counseling?" Like, and he goes through the whole uh, thing that that the church offered, and they said no. And, 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 you know, but the church just wasn't meeting their needs, right? And at that point, he just throws his hands up, right? Um, if, if you are not participating in the local church, you, you're not going to get much out of the local church. But honestly, you, you're not going to be consistent with what the Bible says is the responsibility of the members of the church. You, without title or with title, doesn't matter, uh, you play a significant role in the health and vitality of your local congregation. He goes on to verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Right? It's a good basic summary statement of the gospel. This is one of the things that I picked up from First and Second Timothy when we went through it uh, over the previous two weeks. Um, is, is Paul is really good at summarizing the entire gospel in pithy ways. Um, he does it here. God's grace has appeared in Christ. He brings salvation to all who would receive him. Verse 12, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age. So we see that right doctrine leads to right living. And so although we separate justification from sanctification, they are at the same time inseparable. Christ has appeared, bringing with him grace and salvation to all people, and uh, he trains us towards uh, godliness, right? So, so those whom God saves, he sanctifies, he makes them holy. Verse 13, we wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Notice here that we live in anticipation of Christ's return. And given the way 2020 has been, I think we all are more uh, antsy about the return of Christ. Come, Lord Jesus, quickly. Uh, but notice that God does the work of redemption, the work of, of training us in the godliness, so that God will be glorified through us. God has redeemed us uh, in order to make a, a people of his own possession. So, so God's motivation is ultimately his glory. Um, and we must see salvation and our Christian life in light of that. And finally, he summarizes there, verse 15, Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one disregard you. Um, that is a verse that every pastor needs to remember. Look, look, every pastor must be willing to be fired for the right reasons. Some guys are incompetent or jerks. But what we have here is the calling supersedes the career, if, if I can use that language. 
So your calling as a minister is to speak the truth in love, to exhort and rebuke with all authority, and not allow anyone, regardless of the influence they may yield in the church, uh, to to disregard them. Um, and too often, we have men in the pulpit who uh, lack such courage. Um, I've had to personally um, exhort people from sins, and it is hard to do, and it is difficult to do, and it is heartbreaking to do. But you have a responsibility. Fulfill it. And I would say to church members, if you truly believe in your pastor, welcome such courageous leadership. All right, I think we went short today, so your, your welcome doesn't happen very often. Lord willing, we'll see you guys here tomorrow. We'll finish out Titus.